are so we're we're so glad you guys are here with us tonight. Welcome to your first middle school service. Hopefully, uh, middle school in general, your middle school career is off to a good start. Most of you, th- day three today, is that right? Day three. Awesome. Well, hey, listen tonight. I'm so pumped. Hey, if you guys got an outline, go ahead and grab those out. And uh, if you don't have an outline, you want one. But hey, it's good to see everybody. We start a new series tonight called My Life, My Rules. Now, how many of you have been to one of the Sunday services during the series? Okay. We get the privilege and the honor of of doing a church-wide series. Uh, We're all doing this together. And uh, tonight is week number one. One and I'm so so excited. Now let me say this: if your family, if your family, maybe you don't have a church home on Sundays, this is a great time to bring your family. We meet at nine, eleven, one, six on Sundays, and so bring your family with you this Sunday. We'd love to have you guys. If you don't have a church home, and uh, but listen, as we launch into this tonight, I want to give everybody a statement that we're going to rally around tonight. It's going to come on the screen. I want you to write it down the top of your outline. This is called our bottom line. And the bottom line of tonight is simple. Rules are everywhere. I want you guys to write that down. Rules are everywhere. Now, life is full of rules. Have you guys noticed that life is full of rules? How many, how many is with me? How many would agree that life is full of rules? Okay, half the room. Okay. How many of you disagree that life is not full of rules? Okay. How many of you don't care? Okay. Thank you for your honesty. That's awesome. So here's the thing. Life is full of rules. Let's think about this for a second. So you guys just started school, and so there are classroom rules, right? You can't talk while the teacher's talking, right? When I was in school, we couldn't even chew gum in middle school. We would get in trouble for chewing, <laughs> chewing gum in uh in middle school, right? You got to be on time to class. You know, if you're tardy, then you'll get in trouble for that, right? You can't just punch somebody in the face randomly. You know, that's one of your school rules, you know? Or think about it like this. There's also fashion rules, right? There's, there's, there's fashion rules. So one rule of fashion would be don't wear something that doesn't fit you, Right? So, for example, for example, guys in skinny jeans doesn't work. Just doesn't work, right? That should be a fashion rule. Or there's another fashion rule. Ladies, you'll understand this a little bit better. And I don't really know this, but this is what I've heard. You guys tell me if I'm right. But what I've heard is, ladies, I think this is more of a rule for the ladies, but there's only like a certain day of the week that you can wear white. Is that right? Is that a fashion rule? Only a certain day of the week that you wear white? On Wednesdays. Oh, pink on Wednesdays. Okay, but you're not wearing pink? Where's your pink? All right, so, okay, okay. Or or, or let's think about this, think about this. Stay with me. Rules are everywhere, right? How about house rules, man? There's house rules. Some of you guys have some house rules. Um... Now, for me, let me share one with you. One of my house rules when I was growing up is that my dad told me and my brothers that we could not wear our shoes on the carpet. Now, the problem with that, the problem with that is that our carpet was like 20 years old. 
And so what would it matter if you wore shoes on the carpet? You know what I'm saying? So I thought that was pretty dumb. How many of you guys think some of your house rules are dumb? All right, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. So we got house rules. One of my favorite movies, one of my favorite animated movies is Despicable Me. I love that movie. Anybody see Minions over the summer? Pretty good, pretty good. Well, even Gru, if you guys know, you you guys remember who Gru is, I found a clip in Despicable Me where he is giving some rules of the house. Check it out. Even Despicable Me, even Gru has some rules. Hey, listen. Hey, we want you to know something. We want M12 to be the best part of your week. We really do. We want this to be the best part of your week. It's midweek, Wednesday night. We want you to look forward to M12. But we have things in place that we know will help you have a great time at M12. For example, we think this. You'll hear this a lot. Respect is key. Respect is key. If you're a leader in this room, I want you to stand. Leaders, stand right where you're at. All the leaders, stand right where you're at. All right, give it up for your leaders. But wait. Now, wait, 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 wait. Now, students, students, I want you to look around the room, all right? These are the people that we ask you to respect, that you respect their authority. All right, leaders, you guys can have a seat. You guys can have a seat. We also talk about respecting other students. So students, stand up, every student. All the students, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. All right, look around the room, look around the room. Give some high fives, give some high fives. All right, all right, have a seat. You guys are to respect each other. Have a seat. All right. Hey, this one's big, this one's big. Have a seat, guys. This one's big, and some of you have already had a really rough time tonight. But this is what we ask. This is what we ask. We know middle school, M12, best part of your week. One way for that to happen is that all of you in this room, all of us, that we respect what's happening on the stage. That we respect our our band when 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 they're lifting the name of Jesus up in worship, right? That's a... That's one of our M12 rules, that you respect the stage, that you respect when I'm up here or when someone else is up here trying to teach you something that we believe will help you and change your life. So you respect the stage. And last, I want everybody just to look around the room. This is God's house, and it's key, it's huge that we respect God's house. So here's what that means. It means that if you bring in something in this room, then you throw it away. You bring a Starbucks cup, Throw it away in the trash. That helps us to respect God's house. You guys know this, but this is not your house. This is God's house. And so the key is respecting where we're at, right? Not running over the chairs or walking over the chairs to get from aisle to aisle. Just go in between the chairs, right? Because we want to respect where we're at. So there's rules everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's rules. There's even... There's even friend rules, right? Now, let's think about this. Bros. Let me talk to the bros, okay? So, guys, here's a rule that we know is true between you and I, right? We don't don't just call each other up just to chat. You know what I'm saying? If we call each other up, there's there's something going on. There's a reason for that, right? Or girls, you, you have a written rule, ladies. And, And that rule is that you 
in no circumstance are you ever allowed to go to the bathroom by yourself. There has to be at least three all the time. That's a rule. It's a written rule, right? Stay with me. Here's the point that I'm making. The point that I am making is that rules are everywhere we look. Everywhere you go, everywhere I go, there are rules. We are bombarded by rules. And so I want to ask a couple questions, or I want to make a statement. Life is full of rules. We know that. We've established that tonight. Uh, But I would suggest to you that before we talk about rules, we have to talk about who created the rules. We have to talk about who really sets the rules for life. Because sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, when we see rules, we sometimes start to question the rules. Like, for example, you go to Target, and it says exit, and you want to enter, right? We just question the rules, or we just kind of want to make a game out of it. And and the reality is, we we would like to live in a world where there is no rules, where the only rule is that there is no rules. Did you guys catch that? The only rule is that there is no rules. And so what happens is when we get mad at the rules, a lot of times, the reason why we get mad is because we don't get to create the rules. And I want you to think about this for a few minutes tonight. I want to ask a few questions. And I don't want you to answer these. I want you to think about them. Who gets to create the rules for your life? Is it your parents? Is it the government? Is it your teachers and your coaches? You don't have to answer it. I want you to listen. Is it the Supreme Court? Is it your pastor? Is it God? Is it your friends? Uh, You don't have to answer the question. I want you to think about it. Who creates the rules and why do they get to create them? So this is what I want to do for the remainder of our time. I want to look at part of the answer to this question, who creates the rules, tonight. And I want to look at a second part of it next Wednesday night. So you guys got to definitely come back. So here's what I want everybody to do. Grab your Bible, either in front of you or below you. There should be a Bible. If you brought your own Bible, great. We're going to turn open to literally the page number one of Scripture. Genesis chapter one. This does not require... Any sort of talking. Remember, we talked about respecting the stage. Respecting the stage tonight, students. And here's the thing. The reason why we're headed to Genesis, Genesis means the beginning. And in order for us to understand how the world works, we're going to have to look at how the world started. And the word Genesis means beginning. So here's what I want you to do. Verse number one of chapter number one, here's what the Bible says. It says, in the beginning, God. Now, I want to stop right there. In the beginning, God. I want you to notice something, that there is no argument for God here. The very beginning of Scripture, the very first chapter of the very first book, and the very first verse, it says, in the beginning, God. And there is no argument For God, it doesn't talk about God being created or when he came to be because God was before anything 
happened. He just was. That's how big God is. That God created everything. And I want you to think about it like this. God is eternal. That God has always existed and God will always exist. And the Bible says that everything is for God and by God and because of God. And so God is eternal. And I want to give you another thought that's in your outline. God is creator. Because the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God is the creator. He's the creator of the world. He's the creator of everything. Now, let me ask you guys a question. How many of you have ever created something? Raise your hand. You've ever created something. Okay. Think back with me to elementary school. And how many of you guys took an art class where you made one of those clay pots? You guys with me on that? Okay. Made a clay pot. Now, now here's the question. I want you to be honest. We're in church. Be honest with me. How many of you, your clay pot was like just flawless, perfect, shaped so beautifully? Raise your hand. Brandon, for real. Can you bring that next week and let us see it? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So some of you guys, okay, okay, okay. How many of you guys, being honest, how many of you got your clay pot was kind of lopsided, kind of looked like you didn't really care? All right, that was me. That was me. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I relate to that, right? My clay pot did not look good. And here's what made it worse is about a week after I made it, I dropped it, and it just broke. Yeah. But I want you to think about something. We think that that's creating. We think that we created the clay pot. But really what we're doing is we're just taking something that was already created. Because you you didn't create the, the clay. You didn't create the ingredients that it took to make the clay pot. See, God didn't just shape Think about this. God didn't just shape what was already here. He created it out of nothing. It's the bigness of God. He's creator. Look at this passage if you want to read with me in Genesis 1, 2. It's the next passage. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So in other words, when all of the world was created, the Spirit of God was already there. That He created something out of nothing. You guys know what it says in Genesis. Most of us, He created the grass and the sky and the moon and the sun and the stars and the animals and the fish. And all the other stuff that we see when we walk out of this room. He created it. It's created for God and by God. And I want you to catch something. This isn't the only way that God relates to us. In chapter 2, verse 16, just turn open one page. Chapter 2, verse 16, the Bible says this. And the Lord God commanded the man. This was after Adam created all, this was after God created all the birds and the fish And the Bible says in verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, Adam, You are 
free to eat from any tree in the garden. God says the, that Adam, the man, that he is free. And I want you to catch that. Because a lot of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we kind of make God out to be this God that has a ton of rules. And then when we open the Bible that it's just full of rule after rule after rule, and I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I should do this, and I should do that. And if we're honest, that's how we view God. But when it all began, he looked at Adam, the only man on the earth. He looked at Adam, and he said, you are free. Think about this. I believe that God wants you to be free. I believe that God wants me to be free. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that Jesus came to give us life and to give us life to the full. Freedom. I believe that's true about the God that we serve. But it is strange because the next part of the verse, it says this. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So not only is God the creator, but God is also ruler. That when the world began, God just was. That God has created everything and God is everything, right? That's what the Bible tells us. And in one chapter over, Genesis 2, all things are created, and he tells Adam, I want you to be free, except don't eat from this one tree. See, God is not only creator, but God is also ruler. And what do rulers do? Rulers make the rules. I want you to write that down in your outline. Rulers make the rules. When you rule something then you make the rules. When God rules something, then God makes the rules. And we all get this, but I think sometimes we get confused. So let me play it out like this. We, um, let's take sports, for example. Okay, How many of you guys play any kind of sport? Any, any kind of sport? Okay. Um, how many of you watch sports? Okay. So most of us know something about sports. And in every sport, this is true about every sport. In every sport, there is a referee, there's an umpire, there's somebody in the sport that makes the rules and that holds you accountable to the rules. They enforce the rules. But imagine this. Imagine that you, let's just imagine for a minute. You guys are middle school. You love to imagine things. Imagine that you are literally in the World Cup. We'll pick soccer tonight, okay? You're in the World Cup. And we're talking, man, the grass is green and beautiful, man. There's thousands of fans in, uh, in the stadium, man. And, and this, is the, this is the World Cup championship game, right? And, 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 and there's lots of players on the field. And here's what we know that is one for sure rule in soccer. Can you guys tell me what it is? No handball. That's right. Your hand touches the ball then it's automatically the other team's ball right there at the spot. And if it's in the goal box, then you're really in trouble because that's a free goal kick, which is probably going to be a free goal. So we know the rule is that there's no handball, but I want you to imagine for a second, I want you to picture that the ball comes to your teammate. And your teammate 
picks up the ball in the middle of the game, World Cup, thousands of fans, grass is green, everybody's there, all the players on the field, but your friend literally walks over to the soccer ball and just picks it up, right? I want you to imagine this. They pick up the ball, and the ref blows the whistle, walks over to you, and you hear your teammates say, oh, no, 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 dude, it's okay, man, it's okay, because listen, I changed all the rules. And so handball doesn't apply to me. Well, what do you think is going to happen next? It's not going to be good, right? Because here's what's going to happen. The ref's going to call a penalty. The other team's going to get the ball. And your teammates probably going to get slapped by the coach and by you. Why? Listen to this. This is the key. You have to listen to this. Because you can't change the rules when you're not the ruler. And I want you to think about that. For a lot of you, middle school is going to become this giant game of rebellion. And listen, listen, you can't change the rules when you're not the ruler. And see, this sounds silly. It sounds like, oh, well, duh, I know that. But it happens all the time, and a lot of times we don't even see it. A lot of times we don't even, we don't even get it. Sometimes we open the Bible and we look at things in Scripture and we think to ourselves, eh, that's not really for me. Maybe that's for somebody else, but not for me. That doesn't, that doesn't apply to me. I think I'm good. And, and what happens is we, we change the rules. But let me ask you this. Did we create the world? No, we didn't. Did we make the rules? Do we rule the world? No, we don't. And if you or if we are not the ruler, then we can't change the rules. Think about it like this. Maybe you guys, how many of you guys went to the lake this summer? You jet skied on the lake. Come on, I love jet skis. So good. But let's just imagine for a second. Let's just imagine for a second. It's all going to make sense in a second. But let's just say that you, you know, you gun the jet ski and you get in a wreck and you you know, you wreck into the, uh, what do you call it, into the dock. It's a bad deal, right? And then the jet ski won't start. And so what do you do? Well, you take it to the jet ski store, right? Is there a jet ski store? Of course there is. You take it back to where you got it, right? But what if, what if you had to fix the jet ski, the jet ski had to get fixed, and what if you brought it to the Honda dealership right down by the Mall of Georgia? What do you think they would say? They would, probably, they would probably think that you needed help. And that's okay, because you would, right? Because we can't take a jet ski to the car store. Sure, they might be able to troubleshoot some issues and fix it temporarily, but they couldn't fix it permanently. And I want you to think about this. Only the creator of the world can tell you and I how the world is supposed to work. Only the creator of the world knows how life is supposed to work. Only the true creator who created it all, God, can tell you how your life is supposed to function. And here's how I know this to be true. 
Because in the Bible, in Jeremiah 29, this is what, this is what God says. He says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. And these plans are not to harm you. They're to prosper you. They're to give you a hope in a future. So I want you to think about that for a second. The creator of everything that you see, the one who started it all way before you came to be, has a plan specific for you. He has a plan that is specific for me. If you think about that, doesn't that kind of just blow your mind a little bit? The creator of it all had you in mind, and he has a plan for your life. And where we get into trouble, students, is when we take over our life or we take our life over to the world to try to fix what only God can fix. We try to take our lives to the world or to friends or anything other than God, and the only person who can fix us is God himself. And this happens over and over again. God is creator, God is ruler. He is the one who makes the rules. And so as we wrap up, this is a question that I want you to ask yourself. And this, again, is not a question you need to answer. Maybe you should answer it in your heart and in your mind, but not out loud. Ask yourself, who is my ruler? Who is my ruler? And here's what we know to be true, or what I know to be true that I promise you is true. There really is two avenues. There's two avenues that we can answer this question. And we're going to talk further about this and how this plays out next week. But tonight, it's really, really simple. Either your life is ruled by God or your life is ruled by the culture, the world. You either look to God as your ruler or you look to culture and the world as your ruler. For example, God. Well, God is the creator and God is the ruler and God has authority over everything and he rules it all. He sets the rules. And when you look to God as your ruler, what that means is that you place your trust and your faith in him. And it doesn't mean that you don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that you don't uh, fail. It doesn't mean that you know everything there is to know about God because we never will. But at the end of the day, when you make God ruler, what it means is that you look to him to provide for you. You look to him to set the rules. You look to him. And secondly, culture. Some of us obey the rule of culture. It's just true. Meaning that we honor culture. We listen to culture. We assume that culture is the ruler. And just like the broken jet ski, we take our lives to a world that didn't create us. And at times, we might receive a temporary fix, but eventually things will fall apart. And the truth of tonight is that some of you came into this room tonight, 
And if you're honest with yourself, you would say, man, this is making a lot of sense because it kind of feels like my world is falling apart a little bit. I would suggest to you the reason is because you're looking to culture in the world to be your ruler. See, what we all have in common tonight is that all of us in this room, we're broken people. We're broken people because of the fall, because of what happened to Adam and Eve, because they sinned, and so sin came into the world. And so you and I are broken people, and when things are broken, what needs to happen? They need to be fixed. And understand that the world is not the place to go to get fixed. Culture is not the place to go to be fixed. The only place that you and I can go to truly and eternally be fixed is to God. And some of you are struggling right now because some of you are looking to the world to fix something and they can't or it's temporary, and deep down inside of you, you wonder, why is this so difficult, or why is this so hard, or why is this going like this and not like that? And it's really, really simple. It's because the creator of all things, his desire for you, his plan for you is to fix you. He wants to fix you. Because the Bible says that Jesus came so that all may have life and have it to the full. And that's the truth of tonight, and that's the gospel. And I want you to hear what the gospel is. The gospel is that God sent Jesus to die for our sins, to take our place on the cross, not to make us better people, but to fix what was broken. And for some of you, the truth of tonight is maybe you have never, ever in your life made Jesus the ruler. You have never said yes to him. You have never invited Jesus to come into your life and to be your ruler and to look to him, to set the rules, to make the rules. And so tonight, this is how this is going to work. I want to be honest with each of you. Last week, I was in this room, and our team, our middle school staff, we get together in this room at 2 o'clock every Wednesday, and this is what we do. We pray over this entire room. We touch every chair that's in this room. We pray over every seat. No, that does not mean that I go to every chair and pray a prayer. It means that I'm touching the chair. Somebody asked me that a couple weeks ago, so let me clarify. We just walk through. We touch the chairs. We pray over the chairs. We pray for you. We pray for the areas in your life where you're not seeing God or the areas where you're not able to trust God. Maybe something's happened, and it's hard for you to do that. And understand, I am not suggesting tonight that 6th grader, 7th grader, 8th grader, that it is easy to look to God to be your ruler. It's not. It's much more easy to look to the world. But what I will tell you is that the world cannot fix what is broken. Only God can. And so last week I was praying in this room, and this is what God told me to do. God told me that there is someone in this room tonight that has never made him the ruler of their life. And it would, be, it would be terrible for you to leave this room 
and not make that decision. And so I want to give you that opportunity. I don't know who you are, but I want to give you the opportunity to say, God, I want you to be the ruler of my life. And so this is how this is going to work. And this next few minutes is a very sacred moment. This is not a time to be worried about anything else other than what's happening here. So I want everybody to close your eyes and bow your heads. And remember what we talked about, respecting the stage tonight. Because somebody's in this room, and they have never made God ruler. And I want to I give you the opportunity. So if that's you tonight, and you would say, man, Pastor Stephen, I have never made God ruler, and I want to do that. doesn't mean you get everything. It doesn't mean you have to understand it all. But this is a first step in the process. And so this is what I want you to do. I want you to simply pray this prayer with me from your chair. And you don't have to pray it out loud. This is more so something that you just keep inside and just say this. You say, God, I want you to be my ruler. And God, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that he came to give me life. I admit that I've made mistakes. But you came to free me from that. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you're the Son of God. And so tonight I commit my life to you. And I want to pray and ask for you to be my ruler. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for having a plan specific to my life. And I pray all of this in the name of Jesus.